Hello, and welcome back to Breakfast with Mom. We are your hosts. I'm Shanoa. And I'm Sandra. What's new, Mom? Well, we're on our last week of our getting our pool remodeled. Um, they're going to spray, spray the plaster on the pool tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow morning. We can start putting some water in it. Uh, or, no, yes, tomorrow morning, Put some. Uh, start putting water in it Saturday. Hopefully by next Friday, it will be up and ready for us to go swimming. Do you think the water will be warm enough to go swimming? I think we can heat it. Oh yeah? Yeah, we have a little propane left so we can heat the hot tub and pour it off into the pool if we need to. Can we bring a birthday cake for myself? <laughs> yes, we can. Okay. It's a few days after my birthday. Yes. <laughs> I'll be doubling down this year. Oh, uh, 44. Yeah. yeah, I was telling uh, Papa all that. Uh, didn't matter. You couldn't even change yours. You still say yeah, be the same age. Although the younger brother asked me if I was turning forty six, <laughs> it's like I really hope you're joking. Yeah, he don't even know how old he is. He doesn't even know how old the big brother is. I'm like, no, because he's forty six. <laughs> Actually, he's forty seven now, but yes. still, I'm not forty six. Like, come on. I mean, I'm not ashamed of my age, but let's just be real. <laughs> I don't want to be 46. <laughs> so we ready to get started? Yes, we are. Okay. As you, our listeners, can see from the title of this episode, today we are going to share with you about our weekend in Austin at the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival. Now, I'm going to warn everyone, I have adult braces... <laughs> So, it will sound differently. It'll sound like I'm not pronouncing words right. It's because I'm not. So, just bear with us. I just got them at the beginning of August. It'll be a little while before I can get them off. I think the orthodontist said 18 months. So, fingers crossed. So, just bear with us. So, I thought we would go day by day. In my head, that's the best way to keep it organized. And less confusing for people to listen and and follow along so we left on Friday afternoon around 1230 it took us about four hours to get to the hotel we only stopped once and that was for lunch so we actually made really good time getting to Austin because if anyone has ever driven on 35 going from Waco to Austin you know terrible traffic but we were able to go around that traffic and we got on some turnpike toll road of some kind. Mm -hmm. So, yay for us. Because we were on a deadline. We had to be there by 5.30 in order to get our badges. So, good timing. We stayed at the Doubletree Hotel by Hilton. And that was at a good location as well, even though I overheard some ladies complain about it should have been downtown Austin. To be honest with you, I did not want to stay downtown Austin because that's kind of a crapshoot on if you're going to be with weirdos or not. Yeah. Because 6th Street is there, although the Bat Bridge is nearby, then that would have been kind of cool to see. I don't know if you've ever seen the Bat Bridge. Probably not. If any of y'all have seen the Bat Bridge and been on a tour of that, let us know. I think it's fantastic. It's worth seeing at least once. Mm. They take you out on a boat onto the river that's right there that goes 
through downtown and they take you to the bat bridge which is an actual bridge where the bats live and they shine a red spotlight up there because they're blind so it's not going to hurt them but the bright light is for us the bright red light is for us to see them better in the dark it's so cool. cool because then around like dusk whatever time dusk is at that particular day you see them swoop out and fly up it's it's magic mm. they're bats and they're creepy and they eat bugs but it's magic um so the festival started out with three panels focusing on the ethics of true crime podcasting and why we as podcasters tell these stories one such panel speaker was Justin Evans from Generation Y and the Peripheral. His question for the audience was to ask ourselves why. He wanted to know why we want to share the stories we share on our shows. He wanted us to take a hard look at the why as what our motives are and what we wish to gain out of sharing these stories. Do we want to educate, motivate for change, or do we want to exploit the victims and their families? For me, I want to educate our audience by sharing vintage true crime stories and historical events that have shaped the world around us. I try to speak about stories that focus on women and the underappreciated people. For me, there's not enough stories out there about minorities or women, especially minority women, that have helped to shape our day-to-day -day life. That's why I did the story on Josephine Cochran, mm -hmm. because that's an appliance that I, as a mother, use on the daily. If I'm just, if I'm not running the dishwasher, I'm either unloading or loading it every single day of my life. And I never once stopped to think, how did that machine come to be? We just use it. Right. I grew up hand-washing dishes, so you would think I'd be a little bit more mindful about where that appliance came from, but I didn't until one Google Doodle on her birthday popped up, and I was like, who's this Josephine Cochran? Mm. So I was like, yeah. you know, let's check her out, and so I did. And so it, it sparked something in me to start paying more attention to those types of stories, and vintage true crime has always fascinated me. I know that there's a lot of podcast creators out there that like to speak about the more current cases. And for me, I appreciate listening to other creators talk about those. But I myself, and as for our podcast, I wish to talk about things that either people have never heard of or there's very little talk about. Right. So that's why I like to stick with the vintage. Not to mention the chances of a family member from that particular victim hearing our show and maybe being put off by it is not likely. So usually our cases that we talk about are 50 plus years old. Right. And especially the ones that I have on our spreadsheet for future shows. These are older older cases and stories i don't want anyone to think that i'm exploiting their tragic history for their family mm -hmm. so that's why i try to stick to older shows and so then on friday night we had dinner 
across the street at Papado's. And that was fantastic food because, as I said before, I have adult braces. And so that was the first meal that I got to eat, that I got to eat everything that I wanted to eat. And not just because I was tired of eating. <laughs> because if you've ever tried to chew food with adult braces, not to mention I had four extractions done, it's been difficult to say the least. So that was pretty cool that I got to eat some really good fish and some rice and had a drink or two with my mom. So that was fun. Yes. And then were. we went to the bar and we hung out with this couple that we met. Um, the gentleman was from Southern California and he looked the part and his girlfriend, his long distance girlfriend um, was originally from Germany but she taught in Austin and they met in Austria or something like it's bizarre their story and they were fantastic to listen to and um, we got to spread a little bit about our spread the word about our podcast because we are still a baby podcast we haven't even been around a year so that was a lot of fun and getting to see other podcast cre creators that were at the festival having drinks and enjoying their time and then this leads into Saturday so Saturday we get up and we spent most of the mid-morning walking around the panel gallery speaking to our fellow podcasters and the family advocates that attended the weekend festival once we had a chance to speak with and collect all the little buttons from the podcast tables um, we wanted to see we attended several panels and roundtables and a mock trial about the vanishing of the Mary Celeste, which was hilarious. This was hosted by the Vanished podcast with guests from the Defense Diaries. This by far was the most entertaining, while the other panels and roundtables were there to educate us on what it means to respectfully tell the stories we share with an audience. So the the purpose of this podcast and paranormal festival is to show people who who listen and who want to be podcasters how to ethically tell these stories without being crude or exploiting the tragedy in itself and while I appreciate that because there are several creators that they're both on YouTube and podcast platforms that mm -hmm want to share photos of autopsy of children and things like that. And that's just, to me, that's gross. So this is to show people that you can have a very successful podcast and not be one of those blood and guts and sex ones that only want to have the clickbaity things. To me, it is very disrespectful to not only the victims, but to the family members of that victim who may run across that particular story and be re-traumatized. And that's not what we're here to do. We do not want to re-traumatize anyone. Right. And then that night we had dinner at the hotel and we got invited to what I call the cool kid table because we were asked to join some some podcasters and their dinner and that was a lot of fun so we got to meet 
some podcasts that I, at that time, didn't listen to, but I do now because that's kind of also the point of getting together and introducing yourselves and getting more audience participation. And so that was a lot of fun. And then again, we had a couple more drinks, so that was a lot of fun too. And then Sunday was a half day and it was filled with family advocates trying to spread and share information regarding their tragic stories of missing people, unsolved murders, and how they survived trauma. This day was by far the most overwhelming day of the weekend, at least it was for me. The day ended with a roundtable hosted by Bob and Allison Mata from the Defense Diaries. I always enjoy listening to them banter back and forth because they are a husband and wife defense team out of Chicago. And Allison is so smart and witty and Bob just takes it like a champ and I love it. She's um she's she's a she's a big personality and I could listen to her talk all day because she's so informative. She goes on a a, a rabbit trail sometimes with telling all this information because there's so much information to the cases that they talk about that there's no possible way that she can get everything that she wants to say into whatever finite amount of time that they have because they really only give the panels no more than an hour because then after that it's just too much right it's way too much information it's way too much time but i could listen to her talk all day um and the family advocates that were there we're talking about their, their missing loved ones, which is tragic in itself. Because he was a, a young man, mid-20s. Like, I think he was 22, college. And that's awful to know that he just, around Christmas time, never came home. Yeah. And then there was the Surviving Trauma podcast that was there. And they are a... Um, a friendship that kindled at a, a crime con that's those are one of those bigger true crime conventions that are held and they happened to meet and they started this podcast about what it takes to overcome trauma and how difficult it is to overcome it in a healthy way you do all the therapy work you do all the uh, mental health and physical work to try to get past it and they don't like to look at themselves as victims they want to look at themselves as survivors which I think is a great message because people who have come from trauma who are not able to overcome it sometimes cling to the victimology of it and they find it they find themselves being victimized over and over and over again but for some who are fortunate enough to do the work and able to have the resources to help them get get through it are then survivors of it and then they can then help others and I think that's a great message right I, I really enjoyed talking to them I did too and they were very friendly and while you know that they are introverted people they were still willing to put themselves out there and talk to anyone who came by their table right and that takes a lot when you've been through some of the things that they've been through so that leads us to next year so next year we'll be in denver colorado 
and Breakfast with Mom will be there, but this time we will be there as creators and not just attendees. So I'm pretty excited about that because this is the second festival that I've attended, the first one that you've attended. Right. But next year, I think we're ready to be to attend as creators and not just attendees to have our own table and hopefully get uh, some more traction on our show and meet some more people because there will be some new podcasts there that haven't been there in the last couple of years because it'll be in Denver so that's more of a centralized location for some but I wanted to give a shout out to the podcast creators we had the pleasure of meeting and speaking with. They are as follows. Where the Weird Things Are, Nature versus Narcissism, Ohio 88, Status Pending, Brew Crime, Bodies in the Bayous, Crimbrilia, Vanished, Our True Crime Podcast, True Crime Cases with Laney, The Trail Went Cold, Crime Lines, Santa may be a criminal, Defense Diaries, and Southern Fried True Crime. Mom, do you have anything you'd like to add? Yes. <clears throat> I would like to say I had a blast at that festival in Austin. It was really cool getting to put faces with the voices that I hear on the podcast. I really enjoyed listening to the panels, learning about the missing. My heart goes out to them. I can't imagine going through that um, and, you know, thinking about that could be my daughter, that could be my sister, that could be my brother, my son, or my husband. Um, just uh, my heart went out to them and also the injustice that someone uh, had to go through losing a loved one due to recklessness and nothing became of it. That is very true. Yes. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed our one-on-one conversations, getting to know some of the podcasters. While this was very new to me, um, my daughter seemed to be very comfortable talking to everyone. And uh, I'm learning from her uh, because I am, you know, new at this where she's been doing it for some time. And I look forward to the festival in uh, Denver. And I hope that I'm more comfortable with being there and participating in the festival. I think you will. Once you get the first one under your belt, the next one doesn't seem as scary uh, or, or, or intimidating. I think it's intimidation and not necessarily fear. It is different. Um, I had never been to something like that before last year I've gone to comic conventions with the adult daughter and the husband um, and that's nothing <laughs> like this there's nothing to compare um, I I think that it's something that people who listen that truly listen to podcasts should at least enjoy once to me you listen to these podcasts every week you, you hear their, their voices are in your ears once a week or every other week. Back to us, we're, we're bi-weekly. Mm -hmm. But when you get to meet them and you get to put a face to the voice, then whenever you hear them again, it feels like a friend is just talking to you. At least it does for me. It feels like I'm 
I'm just listening to a conversation that my friend is having. Right. And then you feel, then the next time you see them, it's just like seeing your friend all over again. So then the, the intimidation just kind of fades away. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of nice to be recognized from last year's show, whenever I went. That yeah. was a big shocker because, in, you know, to me, I don't feel like I'm, I spoke enough or interacted enough at last year's convention or festival to be remembered, but I was remembered. So thank you, ladies, at our True Crime Podcast for remembering me. That was awesome. That totally made my whole day. Um, but do you have anything else you want to add, Mom? Uh, no. Uh, like I said, it's, my heart goes out to all the ones that um, we talked to on the, the survivors, mm-hmm. um, the ones that have the loved ones missing, the one that... Um, you know, had this tragic recklessness happen to their loved one and they can't seem to get justice done, uh, my prayers are with them. For me, that them. particular story is very close to home because it happened in the same county that the hubby and I got married in. And so I feel, I feel connected to it because I'm very familiar with that county. His mother lived there. And also, that it was a drunk driving accident, or incident, I should say, not accident. It was an incident. It was a drunk driver that hit a woman. And we had that same thing happen in our family, only he didn't die. Right. And it was a blessing that he survived it, and he's functioning and walking and talking and, you know... The worst thing that became of that is we found out he was born with one kidney. Right. I mean, he had so many surgeries. I don't even know how many surgeries he had. Yeah, there was uh, four, four, let's see, three, four, five, five surgeries. Yeah. The, The sad thing about his is that when the drunk driver went off the road intentionally and ran over him, then he turned around and backed over him. Yeah. Almost like he tried to finish him off. Right. So we are truly blessed that he didn't. Yeah. And that this guy did have to spend some time in prison for it. We got justice. Yes, we did get justice. So therefore, you know, it was was really heartbreaking that that this this family didn't get or hasn't gotten justice for their loss yeah it's terrible yes with that if there's nothing else thank you for stopping by please drop us a message letting us know who you are and where you listen so we can give you a shout out on one of our future episodes we truly appreciate you taking time to listen to our show take care bye